0: Doesn't it feel good just to be church instead of do church? Amen. I love it. Turn to uh, Second Kings chapter 6. I know you probably did your quiet time there this morning. Second Kings chapter 6. I cheated. I had a bookmark there already. How many of you have... Uh, I may be the only human in the room. How many of you have ever been running late and you go to get your keys and they're not where you thought they were. Am I has anyone else is that ever happened daily? So you're gonna relate to this. You'll you'll really connect with this. I mean the frustration, the stress, I mean you go through this little uh, little tirade moment, you know what I mean? You sort of say, Hold on, Jesus, I'm gonna put you right over here. You just have a seat. Let me have a moment here. And you go through your thing, and you're, you're scrambling, and you're, and then, and then, how many of you know that after you've had your moment, your little, your new little conniption fit, that uh, how many of you have ever just all of a sudden realized they were right there all the time, right there in front of you? I mean, right there. Even tonight, Annette came up to me and she goes, "I need your keys." I'm like, "Why do you need my keys?" Because, because. You had mine, and, and she, I said, no, I don't have your keys. And we were, we we're going through all this, Right, just standing right back there. Turns out they were in her purse, right where they should have been, right? So, I mean, we all have these moments where we're looking for something, and it's right there in front of us. And, and let me tell you something. The Bible is full of moments just like that. And so in Second Kings, I want to pick up in this because we have a situation here. Where the very same thing happens. They're not keys, but uh, follow with me in Second Kings chapter six. Are you there? And uh, we're going to read out of the ESV tonight. Uh, we'll start in verse eight, and I'm going to skip through Randall. So just be ready to to fly with me. All right, verse eight says, once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, at such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel. The man of God was Elisha, the prophet. He says, beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. So the scenario is that there's this prophet who is somehow supernaturally overhearing or hearing the plans of a king that's warring against the nation of Israel, and he keeps busting the secrets. He keeps, he keeps decoding the king's plans and strategies. So something develops out of this. Verse 11, and the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled. Why? Because somebody was reading his mail on an ongoing basis. And he says this, because of this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, we have, a, we have an insider here. We've got, a, we've got a traitor. We have a spy among us. So somebody must be, be we have a leak in our camp. And then verse 12, and one of his servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Someone say, uh oh. How would you like to have every word spoken in your bedroom and your bathroom exposed? Come on, couples. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Verse 13. And he said, Go and see where he is that I may send and seize him. It was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent there horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. All right, so Elisha's servant is going to go out for his morning stretch. I don't know if he's going to go jogging or what, but he's out early. He walks out, and he sees the city surrounded. By the, by the Syrian army. Someone say, uh-oh. I mean, this is bad news right here. So they're surrounding him, and the servant said, alas, my master. Now, that's kind of nice language, but I'm sure he was absolutely flipping out. He says, what shall we do? Can you imagine that? I mean, he's, he's like, remember, remember the movie Chicken Little? I mean it was a book, storybook long before that, but but the movie Randall, can you throw that picture up there? I, I just this was on my mind earlier. This is what most of us look like when we get bad news. I mean we go into freak out mode. Now that that may be what some of you look like, don't point, but that may be what some of you look like. But the second picture actually is a little more accurate. Let's throw the second picture up. The end is near. A lot of times when we get a bad, bad word or we, we, we see things and it's apparent to us in our current circumstance, in our current situation, it, it, we, we go into this mode here where we're in an absolute panic because what we see tells us something. And in that moment, it is as though the sky is falling. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In that moment, now I want you to look around the room. Notice that most of us have outlived all those moments. Look around. We're still here. Our heart's still beating. We're still breathing. How many of you know that how many times, I don't know if I'm going to ask for an actual number, but think about how many times you've gone into chicken little mode where the sky is falling, the wheels are coming off, the bottom's dropping out, life is over as I know it. Life as I know it is about to cease to exist, but how many know you're still here? Someone say, but God, you're still here. And even though we can stick our head in the ground, we can stick our uh, blessed assurance up in the air and, 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 and and get this attitude of if I just hide, nothing will happen. I'm going to go into panic mode, but let me tell you something. This is exactly what was going on with the servant. He was freaking out. The sky was falling. He walks out for his morning stretch And he sees the army of the enemy completely encamped all around the city. Now, look what happens. Let's get the rest of the story. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Verse 16, he said, Do not be afraid. I love what Elisha says. Do not be afraid. Now, wait a minute. Everything looks bad here. I mean, these guys are about to kill us. Do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Someone say perspective. Perspective. How many know we all need a little perspective? Elisha is about to show him some perspective. How many know in in the New Testament, we're, we're told, we read this verse last week, greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world kind of has the same ring to it do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them now if the story ended there we'd all go on and go well, that was a nice lesson but look what happens verse 17 then Elisha prayed and said "O lord sometimes when you pray you just say oh lord O lord as Sammy says oh lord lord oh lord Please open his eyes that he may see. What a word. In other words, he's saying, let him see what I see. Let me tell you something. When you've been through the fire and you've come out of it and you don't smell like smoke, you can go into others' world, into their orbit and say, Lord, open their eyes that they may see. Because (laughs) what is apparent is not real. You know, so much of what power the enemy has over our minds, over our thinking, over our perception, over our perspective, it's a smokescreen. It's a lie. It's deception. He's a murderer from the beginning, a liar and the father of it, John chapter 8 says. And so much of what we react to and respond to is not even the truth. But in that moment, it looks like we're surrounded by, by the enemy. And some of you tonight feel like you're surrounded by the enemy. You feel like, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. But look, look what it says here. Please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. Someone say he saw. Whew, what a moment right here. Someone say perspective. He had a change of perspective. It says He saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Man, I love that picture. All around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. Let me tell you what I believe the Lord has for us tonight. He, he has some perspective for us. I want to say to you the very same thing that Elisha said, and it is simply this. Do not be afraid. Look at me. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Look what it says. Do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I had something happen recently. Can I tell you a little supernatural story? Is that too freaky for everybody? Uh, if it freaks you out, I'm sorry. I've just got to tell you the truth. You have to understand, my, my background is very traditional Southern Baptist. I mean, so, so anything supernatural is what we saw on TV. I mean, it just didn't happen in church, around church. But let me tell you something. In 1986, when I was introduced to the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, something shifted in me. Things begin to change. God began to shift my perspective to see what I couldn't see before. And all of a sudden, this traditional Baptist boy began to experience and see things that I never th- dreamed I would see. Now, recently, I was in a scenario where, where I was in a session we call them freedom sessions. Some people call them deliverance. I don't care what you call it. At the end of the day, people get free, and their lives are changed forever. So I don't care what you call it. It's just good. And I'm, I'm in this, this room. I'm in my office, and I've got a couple of people helping me. And I'm sitting there, and we're praying for this individual, and we're walking them through the steps of freedom, and they're just getting free. And just one by one, things are getting lifted off of their life that have oppressed them, sometimes not only for their entire life, but even from generations back, generational issues, generational curses, so to speak. And we're watching these things just go, one at a time. Nothing weird's happening. Nothing. Nobody's, nobody's head's spinning around. Nobody's spitting pea soup. Nobody's levitating. Nothing. It's just, it's just God. Truth is replacing the lies. It's a truth encounter. Truth replacing a lie. Truth replacing the lie. You'll know the truth, and the truth will what? Make you free. And that's exactly what we were watching happen. Just one issue after another, boom, layer after layer after layer. And it's awesome. It's it's effortless at that point. You're just watching God do what he does. He sets the captive free. And we're sitting there watching that, and it's going on. And one of the pr- people that were assisting us and helping us uh, when we as we were landing the plane, so to speak, and finishing up, they had an interesting look on their face. And I said, what's going on? She said, I've got to tell you what I'm seeing. I said, all right, well, great. What are you seeing? You know, I thought, man, maybe they're seeing. Who knows? I didn't know. I didn't see anything but just a person sitting in front of me who was a captive, and now they're free. And I'm, That's enough for me. And she said, i got to tell you what I see. She said, standing behind you on either side of you are two really big angels. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Seriously? She said, Yeah, they're about nine feet tall. I think th- I think the ceiling of my office is about nine feet. It's a nine foot plate, I think. She said, they're about nine foot tall, dressed in, in brilliant white, not a lot of detail in the face, but just very striking. Muscular athletic. And she said they each have a sword. And they're every time you would speak to a spirit and say, be gone in the name of Jesus go to the pit the abyss never to return. So said they put their hand on their on their sword, I was this way this way. And then with their other hand when you would say say when you would renounce them and cast them out, as soon as you do that they would move their hand like this and they would be gone. The the spirit would come out of them that's demonic oppression. And I'm just sitting there going, tell me more. What do they look like? How big were they? I mean, would they have hairy arms or smooth? I mean, I want to know details, man. Somebody says they saw an angel. I want to know everything. I want a mental image. And I'm telling you this because what it did for me was it changed my perspective on the authority that we walk in. Now, here's the thing. I already knew by the Word of God that we had authority to do this. Mark 16, read the book. You know, I already knew that. And we were already walking in that by faith. But for the first time, in my experience, somebody that I was actually sitting there with actually saw. And when they described that to me, it changed my perspective. And that's what I'm talking about tonight, is a shift of what you're seeing. Because sometimes what we see looks very frightening and very daunting. And yet... There is another reality that is actually a greater reality than this thing we live in here right now. The kingdom of God is not just made up of bricks and mortar and sheetrock and carpet and flesh and bones and everything that we see. There is another reality that is more real than this one. In fact, the Bible even says right now we just see through a glass dimly. This is just kind of a blur. It's not even real. And so now, every time we pray for somebody, I know for a fact when I've asked the Lord to send ministering angels and warring angels, and if need be, an archangel or two, I know they're there. And I want you to know something. It has changed my perspective. Now, here's the beauty of that. I still haven't seen one. It's probably a good thing. I'd probably make a hole in that wall that's shaped just like me, because it would probably because in the Bible when they showed up, everybody flipped out. So I would probably not do any less. That's probably why the Lord spares me the embarrassment. But you know what? I don't have to see because somebody I know and trust did. And because of that, I see. Does that make sense? So what you're up against right now? What looks so daunting, like the sky's falling. Let me say something to you. The sky's not falling. There's something much greater going on, much bigger going on. And there may even be an angel or two hanging around. Who knows? So I'm going to pray for you and for me, the same prayer that Elisha prayed for his servant. Can we do that? Bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, give us perspective. Father, open our eyes that we may see. Father, help us recognize that Jesus is Lord. That's not just a statement. It's not just a motto of a word of faith ministry. It is the truth. Jesus is master. Jesus is in control. Father, your word is truth and it can be trusted. The promises you make, you will fulfill, even as Philippians 1.6 tells us that you finish what you start. And Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, the paracletos, the one called alongside to help. Our comforter, our counselor, the one who empowers our witness. And gives validity to our words, our actions, and our deeds. And I thank you that we are not alone. And Father, I thank you that the bride, the church, is still your bride. And that, Father, as we connect, as we begin to grow, as we begin to serve, as we begin to lead, Father, we become disciples who make disciples. Father, I'm asking you, in light of our current circumstances, where every or any people right here, right now in this building, find themselves, Father, maybe much like this young servant who stepped outside and saw this army about to pounce on them, about to destroy them. And Elisha, in perfect peace, said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who who are with them. And Father even as Elisha prayed. Lord I pray tonight. O Lord. Please. Open our eyes. That we may see. That we may see the truth. That we may see that you have not abandoned us. You have not left us. You have not forsaken us. You have not quit on us. You have not left us to ourselves, that you are not only active, you are interactive, Father. You are working with us. We have the privilege of co-laboring with you. And so, Father, I pray, open our eyes that we may see what we have not seen, that we may see the truth, that the truth will make us free. In Jesus' name, everyone said.